Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We're all given pieces, talents, gifts, and we weren't just given those to do nothing with it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Cooking, we are to become the best we can be for the kingdom's sake. So how do we use that for the kingdom? Well, that goes back to vision. Vision comes from two things, experience and knowledge. If you don't expand your knowledge, you're never going to get a vision. And if you don't experience things, you're not going to get a vision. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. We're so excited to have Pastor uh, Miles Young and Sister Sheila Young in in the studio with us, or his office with us. (laughs) And we're really excited to be um, starting this podcast off talking about growth, such an important topic um, that I think everyone should embark on. It's It's an awesome journey. Um, it's fraught with perils and stumbling blocks, but also great victories come from growing and growing as a couple and growing individually. Yes, welcome. Thanks so much for being with us today, you guys. Thank We're you for honored. asking us. We, um, the reason why we asked you is not just because you're our pastor. Um, we are blessed that you're our pastor. Um, but we also asked you to be on the podcast today because we see you as a power couple. And you support each other in your personal growth. And you maintain a dynamic ministry as a team. And that's essential. Um, and a pattern that we've seen with a lot of couples is that one person will grow while the other person supports, but then it's often not reciprocal. And um, then 10 years down the line, their world's apart because one member of the couple didn't embark on that journey of growth um, for themselves. So that's that's what we want to um, ask you questions about today because you both have been on a journey of growth and are on a journey of growth. So let's start off with just sharing a little bit about um, your history and ministry and growth. So how long have you guys been pastoring the Rock Church? 20 years. 21. 20, 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. As pastor, what was that? Ni- 1998, 1998 is when we came first for the last time. Came at 19. <laughs> yeah. 1990 came as the youth pastor for about a year. Okay. Then we uh, itinerated as evangelists for about two and a half, three years. Then mm-hmm. came back as the associate pastor. We're here for three years and then planted a church in San Diego mm-hmm. and came back 
in 98. So we've been here ever since. Awesome. And how long have you been married? It'll be 30 30 years years in June. Next year. Yeah, yes. 2020, yeah. So 30 29 years. 29 and a half years. Congrats. I'm not yeah. even sure I'm 25 yet, so it's, <laughs> it's a little bit mind-boggling to think how we've been married that long. But And tell us a little bit about your educational background, what you're working on. Okay, I am uh, presently, uh, well, both of us, not just me, uh, presently in the trying to complete the doctoral program, mm-hmm. which has been quite a journey. I would highly recommend do it earlier in life instead of try to do it in your 50s. Uh, But the cool thing is my girlfriend is doing her PhD at the same time, and now our oldest child is doing his doctorate. So we're like, and our daughter-in-law is just completing her master's. So we're like this school family. We're yeah, broke. Yeah, daughter is in her <laughs> so we're broke. And you guys are up to your neck in like dissertation thoughts. And oh, yes. It, it's often dinner topics. Right. Mm. Yeah. But I love that when you say it's dinner topics because that means that you're constantly in that mindset of growth. You're constantly talking about and uh, discussing, you know, these these dynamic things that, that are growing in your life and that you're trying oh, to Oh, is that what they call it? Is that growth? It kind of feels, <laughs> I'm not sure. It doesn't feel like, like that. <laughs> I might have another word for it. <laughs> it's that feeling like after you just started working out again oh. and they say that's growth, you know, no pain, no gain. <laughs> right. Like, I need my shake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, and then what are you working on right now with your dissertation? I, I finished all of the, the actual work and I am finishing, I'm only in the dissertation now and it is literally waiting on me to find time to sit down and complete the last portion of it. So it could be done in two weeks Mm -hmm. if I could sit down for two weeks and do nothing but dissertation. (laughs) But you wear so many hats. But it will probably be two years. So, (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's, I think, one of the probably the first excuses or the first reasons people give for not growing, not embarking on that journey that we're talking about right now. Is that, well, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm booked. Well, because growth doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Growth is yeah. an action that you work towards every day, and sometimes you don't see quick results. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of get off target and just go about your dailies without ever actually progressing. Mm. But even a centimeter is progress. Mm. So even thinking about it, even talking about it with your spouse or with your children is setting yourself up for the growth. You do have to actually finally take action, but... Yeah. But even the conversation is part of beginning the inspiration for growth. Mm. So that's good. Yeah, we um, we have lots of of conversations. We actually have um, a family meeting almost every week with ourselves and our children, uh, discussing these kinds of topics. Mm. And they they're not random; they're planned. Okay. And what do you call every them? Family tagging. Nice. Yeah. And we we formed. Uh, what we call our, we have our own little secret name, Incorporated. And we will get a text, either the family will get one from me or we'll get one from mom or even one of the kids will call the incorporation meeting. Uh-huh. And what's what's unique, we started that. I don't know how the old The kids were kids? seven and eight. Seven and eight. And, wow. and we, started, we started a corporate mentality for our family. Okay. And 
the first goal was we didn't want to give our kids their first car. We wanted them to buy their first car. Mm -hmm. And so we started a, a corporation to fund their first car. And so we started saving birthdays, allowances, work at seven or eight. So we had this first meeting. That was our first meeting uh, of, of our incorporation. We're, we're PH Incorporated. That's we won't awesome. tell you what that stands for, but it's our little <laughs> secret name. I but love it. so we'll get a text like uh, Tuesday at, uh, you know, Pizza Hut, there will be, uh, and it's treated just like your job. That's awesome. And that didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen like we didn't start that last year. Mm -hmm. But when you bring a child from seven or eight and then you treat it seriously, that everybody knows when we get to incorporation meeting, it's it's business just like their job. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we've as a family early on, it was really our growth stage. Okay, mm -hmm. we're going to be doing this and we'll do things as simple as. We're going to be going on a mission trip next year. Okay, we're going to we're going to create funds. You need to save your money for this. Or we want to do at Christmas. We want to get a something. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. uh, one of the things we wanted for years was a hot tub. Okay. Well, I mean, you don't just don't have money laying around to buy a hot tub. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we started as a family. A number of years, we want to pay cash for a hot tub. Mm -hmm. Well, unless you do that with intention, you're never going to be able to do that. Yeah. But along the way. We had a meeting, then we did check-ins, and where are we at? And then we went to the fair, and we went as a family. It was an incorporation. It was a business trip. Yes. We so went good. to the fair, and then we went to the hot tub section, and we bought a display, meaning it was going to be cheaper because they couldn't sell it as new. Okay. But it was the award and the reward of three years of personal savings yeah. and planning through our corporation and corporation meetings. So Love we that. did simple things. And I wish I could take all the credit for that. But, oh, here's another way about, you know, reciprocating. Mm -hmm. What you do is you marry somebody a lot smarter than you. <laughs> and then you play catch up. So it's <laughs> always true, there. So, so she's, she's come no, up with it, all it, these cool ideas. It takes ideas. two. It takes yeah. us both. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter who generates the ideas, everybody has to cooperate with yeah. them. Yeah. And so that's even part of growth. And that's even part of that reciprocal thing where it doesn't have to be one individual's idea for it to work and send your family down a path of growth. If everybody cooperates, doesn't matter where it came from, mm -hmm. you can you can all do this together. That's we good. don't do a whole lot individually. Um, I mean, we do, we all do a whole lot individually, but not without it being a corporate family, corporate mm -hmm. mindset. We're all very um, into each other's business. Mm -hmm. We know where each other's going. We know how each other plans to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's created a support system where it doesn't matter where each other is at mm -hmm. on that progress journey. It's, it's, you know, one may be in doctorate, one may be in masters, mm -hmm. but we know and we're supporting and we're checking in and yeah. we're going, oh, they're under pressure right now. Okay. Everybody support yep. for this week. They really need some, some support. And then there's other times when, you know, that person may be able to support someone else, but mm -hmm. it's a lot of it comes down to communication too. I love this so much. It, it, so it reminds me of a tool that we teach, um, married couples in our seminars. Um, that's called six steps for a win-win. And it's really a brainstorming session because oftentimes mm -hmm. we see couples, instead of working together, 
they're kind of working at each other. They're on that 10 steps of conflict resolution. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe yes. we could change that around. I like the six steps of win-win. Right. Let's and prevent the conflict. That's yeah. exactly it. Because so one of the steps is a brainstorming session mm-hmm. where you sit down, put everything on the table, and we work shoulder to shoulder on it rather than, you know, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Right. And it sounds a lot – it's just family. What you guys are doing is bringing everyone together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then – so I'm having a difficult time right now keeping up on such and such class. How do you guys get through this? Or kind of pulling each other's yeah. strengths well, in. Part of it goes back to what you just said is I don't think we ever really just go do something. Like like I'm going to go build a house or buy a car. We never do that. I know I have friends that do that. Mm. Uh, but the reason I think that beginning is important is because you're going to get under pressure. So let's say I'm going to go do a doctorate, let's say. Well, if I haven't sat down and talked with her, and, and our family is very, very family-oriented. We kind of do everything together. We don't even go to In-N-Out without saying, hey, I'm going In-N-Out. You want something? That's just mm-hmm. that's kind of the way we roll. Um, I think that comes from me because I'm a people person. She's mm-hmm. more of a loner. But, like, if she goes out of town, everybody's, I'll go check into a hotel. <laughs> I can't stand staying in my house, by uh, this big old house by myself. I mean, I'm exaggerating that yeah. a little bit. But uh, but what happens is if if everybody, especially a spouse, is not in the game with you from the beginning. That's important. Because you're going to get where, oh, my God, everything is going wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything's breaking. Everything's Nothing's working right. And then I can go, hey, she – I'm up against this week. I need need everybody to help me right now. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's a total surprise, well, they can't plan and drop. Uh, They they don't even know where you are. Right. But if you're in it, we know we're going to be like, for instance, she was her doctorate when she was doing her coursework was uh, at Hampton University in Mm -hmm. Virginia. And it was a hectic time for her. It was a, it was a really rough, it was summertime. And so, but by communicating, uh, I couldn't do the whole time because I have responsibilities, but I hopped on a plane and I was there for three days to help her. Mm. Well, when I left London flew in and so she's needing stuff because she's working, she's administrating and there's a whole lot of stuff. And right. so even during those three days that I was there, I ran and cause at lunch I had her lunch ready. And then uh, she called me. She said, Hey, I need, can you make copies at Kinko's? Mm -hmm. I need da 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 da. She was texting me where I don't know what she would have been able to do. She had either got behind there, but because she was, because she was having to pile things on top of, because when you're doing, especially at this level, Mm -hmm. when you're not a resident student, you're a father, you're a mother, you're a, you know, a pastor's wife, a CEO, administrator. Mm. It, It, we needed that teamwork. And maybe there's people that do it without it, but for us, it's become kind of second nature that yeah. we don't do it without each other. I love that your your roles become fluid depending on need. So you're not stuck to um, gender prescriptions here, uh, you know, when I, it like yeah. you'll make her lunch, even though maybe stereotypically the woman would make the man's lunch, but because she's the one at, at that point in time who is trying to because if we depended on her to get lunch <laughs> she can live on a protein shake and right. m&ms exactly and she's like well that's all i need They're both I, I chocolate would, yeah literally last night i told her i said you have to eat uh-huh. and i brought her food that's last good. night because that's where she is yeah but i know that pays dividends absolutely because 
Next week, I'm going to be up against it with a conference, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a sermon, a stuff, and everything's going to pile in, and I'm going to go, I'm going to be stressed out of my yeah. mind, and what's going to happen, she's going to say, babe, what do you need? And she's going to be there for me. Mm-hmm. But if you've, if you've lived this peer or tiered level of I'm mm-hmm. superhero and you're mm-hmm. servant, it's not reciprocal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah, I think through the years, I'm not sure how we learn this, but, but we began to whatever the need was, didn't matter who it was, spousal, we would step in and fill the role. Didn't matter what the traditions were mm-hmm. in America, in our even our church culture. We didn't care what anybody else was doing. We knew what it would take for the two of us to get where we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so regardless whether it was the kids, the house, the food, the administration, the cars, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. We'll both run a vacuum. We'll both change the oil. We'll both fix the kids lunch. We'll both do the laundry. We'll both. Mm -hmm. um, He's never been Mr. Mom. It's not been something that I've needed him to do. Mm -hmm. But in that urgent crunch time, if a load of laundry needed to be put on, he didn't care to put a load of laundry on. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just no. And and I think that benefited us to find a balance because there's areas where he's a much stronger balance Mm -hmm. than I am like eating. (laughs) <laughs> and then there's areas where I'm much stronger balanced. And so we recognize that. I think yeah. that's a really strong um, deficit in relationships in recognizing that his strengths can bring balance to my weaknesses. Yeah. But you have to be able to identify that these are weaknesses in my world. So too far I've heard so far I've heard so far I've heard two essential items. So one is planning intentionally. Absolutely. And then another one um, is identifying those weaknesses so that you can yeah. complement each other. What are oh, some absolutely. other essential items in I, let me, growing? Let me speak to that one first yeah. because, and this would be more man land. I see a lot of men that are um, afraid to admit their weaknesses. Mm. Okay. Uh, you can't identify your strengths if you don't admit your weaknesses. Okay, because you're not strong at everything. Okay, mm-hmm. even if you're a weightlifter, you're going to be stronger at curls than you are bench press, or you may be stronger with legs than you are shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to identify where your strengths are. So if you're a world class leg guy, don't get in the curl competition. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm I, I'm I think I default to sports analogies because I I was an athlete. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I'm thinking, it doesn't make sense to think you're strong at everything. Okay. So the quarterback may not be the strongest guy on the football field on his team. He may not even be the fastest. So he wants that fast guy to be his receiver or running back. Mm -hmm. And he wants that strong guy to be the, the offensive line, but he can't get in a contest saying I'm as strong as you. You're a fool if you're playing that game. Yeah. Okay. So in a marriage, there is things I'll just, I'll, here's a weakness. I am a terrible details person. I mean, <laughs> look at this death. Okay. <laughs> I'm a terrible details person. Now I can do it. Mm-hmm. If you wind me up, put me on the track and say, A, B, C, D, E. And then I go check, check, check. Mm-hmm. If somebody goes, did you do check, check, check? Sure. Okay. 
My wife is a super details person. Okay. Now, can that create conflict? Sure. I'll be the first to tell you. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. conflicts because I'm not details. I'm the I'm the big vision guy. I'm ready to let's jump. Let's go to Z. <laughs> okay, let's go Zing. Let's go out there. She's very much a details person. So I can either look at that as as hang up on the conflict, or I can recognize she's my biblical term, my help me. Mm-hmm. God get. I really believe God gave her to me. Mm. Okay. And I'm seeing incredible things happen in my life that I sometimes I look back and I go, wow, man, how did I ever get that opportunity? And at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, God did it. But I'm also thinking God did it by giving me Eve Mm. because I couldn't maintain some of the things that I do if I didn't have the details master supporting me. Yeah. And then... She could get bogged down in details mm-hmm. if I don't. That's what I was going to say is let's look at the flip side of that, though. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good one is at details if there's no visionary to create something to become detailed about. Mm-hmm. And so without him, I would be stuck in the mundane, routine, operational levels for what? There has to be in what we're doing to have the visionary and to have the inspiration and to have the type of even personality mm-hmm. and then to put that together is what we feel like creates the potentials for us to grow mm-hmm. without recognizing those though we could get bogged down in being sensitive about our weaknesses mm-hmm. true and but by being comfortable with them then and it doesn't mean to to not work on them. We should always be working on our weaknesses, but not at the expense of making our strengths stronger. And so if, if he has a strength and it's a weakness of mine, I'm not going to waste much time on it. I'm going to throw it off on him to take care of. So we've learned how to move in that. And I would attribute that part of our ability to grow is because we're comfortable discussing that we don't have a lot of conflict Mm -hmm. um we maybe we did when we first got married but it's so long ago that we've become a little bit forgetful about it (laughs) and so we're very comfortable in our non-conflict marriage Mm -hmm. because we've learned how to move with each other and both of you don't feel threatened with what each other are doing i think Mm -hmm. there are people who do that like oh if my wife does this then. And I have to say, I, I would say that is a bigger strength because of him being the strong, powerful male figure, the man, that that it's quite impressive. I say it often. I've never seen a man that has no ego like my husband mm-hmm. because there, there just is no it, – it, it doesn't even – it's not even a blip on the screen yeah. of him being threatened by me or anyone else. I kind of like to think I can handle a strong woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do. I mean, I like having, I I wouldn't do good with a doormat. Yep. I have, we have a, we have a a very close friend uh, and his wife and he is like her and she is like me. Okay. And so we often laugh like nothing. Like I don't get upset. Okay. My, it, my personality is I don't I don't get upset at things and I'm like very easy. Let's all just get along. 
my wife and him are very detailed, da da da, opinionated, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and so we often say, we often say, we often say that if if we had married opposite, that they would get a lot done, but nobody would like them. <laughs> and me and her wouldn't get anything done, but everybody would like us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so uh, I, th- I, I think, l- let me speak to that growth deal. Yeah. Okay. I know some men that um, have never really become anything great because their wife, uh, what's the old term? They're henpecked. And... They're, they're trapped uh, in in a world they don't want their husband to excel. Mm-hmm. And the same could be true on the opposite side. Yeah. Uh, and, and you hear, like, when we talk about growth, uh, growth leadership deals, you always hear about vision. Mm-hmm. And it can be this frustrating thing that my husband is not a visionary. I, my husband's not a visionary. And then I look at... Let's, it sounds like I'm picking on women, but I, I've encountered this, okay? So I'm thinking of some couples that I've counseled, counseled, and the wife has put so much pressure on her husband from the from her gifting of managerial type, you know, details, that she never lets her husband get a vision. Mm. But here, here's what they don't realize is vision, you don't just wake up with a vision. This is where preachers, leaders, business people, they're like, I want a vision. God, show me a vision. That's not how vision comes. Vision comes from two things, experience and knowledge. Knowledge. If you don't expand your knowledge, you're never going to get a vision. Mm. And if you don't experience things, you're not going to get a vision. It's as you experience life, as you experience new dimensions, maybe even challenging experiences, crisis experience, how many, how many growth stories. Nobody ever writes a book about the great leader that inherited money, right? right. <laughs> we, we read the yeah. book about the guy that went bankrupt and then started over, right? uh-huh. okay? So those challenges in a marriage, those challenges in a person, then as they apply knowledge, those things together create a vision. And so if that husband or wife can, can realize Hey, wait a minute. As she's growing, as he's growing, we're getting more knowledge because mm. we're going to go through and go through things. And as we go through those things together, we're going to get a vision of what we can be. So good. Beautiful. I love that. Hey, friends. We'll be right back to the interview. But one quick note if you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples just like you stay a part of each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations. What is that about? Which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then very soon, we'll be launching Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. So one of the things that I, I'm thinking here, um, you know, the knowledge that because, you know, when you're growing, when you're working, you're you also open yourself up to failure and stress. you and stress and with growing comes a lot of strain. Um, why even do it in the first place? Like why embark on this journey? 
are you thinking that question as a couple or in, in an individual or I think both. I mean, okay. Let let me address it from the individual first. Okay. Uh, babe, you want to you you think anything first? Well, yeah. Okay, go. Well, my <laughs> brain just kind of went a hundred different ways to um, a story, a parable in the Bible that I use all the time on everything because it actually is almost haunting or tormenting to me mm. that I would bury a talent. And I feel like that it's it's biblical mm-hmm. that we're all given pieces, talents, gifts, and we weren't just given those to do nothing with it. Even if it doesn't feel spiritual, it is to me. Even a, a creativity, even a skill set of building, of of writing, of painting, of whatever it is, it doesn't matter, cooking, we are to become the best we can be for the kingdom's sake. So how do we use that for the kingdom? Well, that goes back to vision. You have to tie your gifts and talents Mm -hmm. into a vision to utilize it for the kingdom, which then transfers back into tying to what our original topic is, is, is as a couple, how do we grow and support each other? As a woman, it's my role mm. to figure out how to inspire and support my husband to grow. If I'm not taking my talents, creating something that is dynamic and growing out of it, then I'm either going to be holding him back or not in a place that I can support him to go even further. So as a woman, to me, it's very biblical. Um, I, you know, I guess I might be happy sitting doing nothing with my life. But even if I was, I mean, I can't imagine being happy doing that. (laughs) But even if I was, then I would not be fulfilling what I feel like God has called me as a woman to do Mm -hmm. as a wife. It's not just a wife thing, but it is part of my calling. So that would be my first thought. Yeah. And I'll pick up where where she left off. Same thing. Um, Why? My question would be, why not? Because when I look at, okay, I'm a preacher, so I'm not the CEO of a business corporation. I'm a preacher. So I go back to the word of God. And when I look at humanity, I'm looking at what should have been that could be and what will ultimately be restored. Okay. So sin, I hate sin. And I look at what happens. I look at what happens to uh, to denigrate, to cast down, to destroy and limit humanity. Like one of the, one of the most dreadful things to me is look at what drugs does, or drugs do. Mm-hmm. More appropriate English, what they do to an individual. Yeah, it's not that they have this habit, which is bad enough. It's not that they have this addiction. But it never stops with just the addiction. It robs them of who they are. They lose their mind. They lose their job. They lose their family. But really what we're saying is it ruined them from what they could have been. Yeah. And so and when I look at what sin and life does to people, it robs them. Even that's like sickness. When you think about it, 
when you think about what cancer did to that, let's say, 45-year-old man, it robbed him of being able to be a grandfather. Mm -hmm. He died at 40 or she died at 50. They didn't get to see their grandkids graduate. It robs them of what could have been. And that's what the cancer of not trying does. The disease of not trying does is that it robs you of what you could have been, what you could have seen. And, and it also robs you of the potential of seeing things in you that you never knew that you never knew that you could have been like, for instance, you know, everybody wants that high paying job. It would be really cool to pray. God, let me be the head of the electrical engineering department for smud. But if I never studied electricity and engineering, it doesn't matter how much God wants to bless me. I'm never going to get that position. Mm -hmm. But had I gone to engineering school, then I'm in a position where God says, okay, now I'll take you. That is that what it means when it says from faith to faith, glory to glory. So as I develop myself, I'm presenting opportunities for God to take me places that I couldn't done if I did not stretch myself or grow, you know, even in that, here's preacher talk, even in that tithing department, we always preach about, he said, I'll pour you out. I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that, that you can't contain. And we always are waiting for this window to open and money fall out. That's not what that means. Mm -hmm. That has to do with like a, a channel or a shoot. The window is, is a, is a term. It's like lattice of how you would direct uh, water yeah. things. And so is what he's saying is, is if you'll go do the work and then you'll honor me, I'll direct the shoot of blessing to your way. And I can take it to places that, that you're limited. Mm-hmm. I, I can, t- I can bring blessing into your life that you won't have room to contain that you're going to be limited by what you've done. So the more I expose myself to growth and knowledge and, and understanding, I'm going to position myself, my family, our marriage into places that we couldn't get if we hadn't prepared ourselves. One question tying to this, because that's so profound. How does someone embark on the journey? What, what, what would be the first few things to do that to start on that journey of growth? Okay, miss details. <laughs> this, is your, this is great. Here's a softball. <laughs> would that be as an individual or as a couple? so hard because I, th- I feel like growth is always individual, but, but when you do connect with what your spouse is doing, it can be exponential, if that makes any sense, yeah. but that's how, what I see. I mean, if you go down to brass tacks, the very first thing as an individual, it would be that you have to be inspired. It has to be something internal. There is no action with it. It's an internal I would like to become that. I would like to do that. No matter how simple it is, it doesn't have to be about money. It could be about becoming a better cook. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay, let me interrupt. Let's say that's a very good one. Like, I mean, that's a cool deal to be a better cook, male or female. Forget genders. I mean, yeah, let's but some of the best chefs. I don't care. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Just cook good. Okay, so here would be a wonderful way that I would take that if her and I. Okay. So she says, I want to be a good, a good cook. Now she could run off by herself and pursue a dream and never tell me about it. Or she could say, honey, let's meet at Starbucks or Temple Coffee. I have an idea. And she sits across the table. Or says, Coke Ices. Coke Ices. She said, 
I have this idea. I would like to be a really good cook. Well, think all that does to me. If my wife's a good cook, so then we can develop a plan that says, okay, what if you went to cooking school one night a week for six weeks, took this class or this online deal? Or Well, now we're in it together, and I'm seeing how it's benefiting. Her developing that is now developing me. So then you can also take that, which this is by experience, and hit three birds with one stone. You can have family competitions for cooking particular meals. So then <laughs> you're creating fun family times. You're having good food together. And you're inspiring those that may be interested in cooking, but they're not really sure. I mean, these are just little simple ways if you want to get details. So, so you, you yeah. find ways to, because there's only so much time. And so really who in my world has time to learn how to become a better cook. You have to create ways to marry all of the responsibilities. Growth does not happen at this stage in life without intention. It has to be intentional. And there has to be like, we may, I don't know that we have ever sat down and said, okay, let's be intentional about our growth process and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. But it's by, bouncing things off of each other we use that terminology a lot where we bounce what we want off of each other and then we take that feedback internalize it and then give it back out in its refined form it's not just he and i we do that with our entire family collaborative and and so then you get the results of that become something that is beneficial to everyone if you are really what the Bible intended marriage to be one flesh, then why would I be threatened by her success? Mm. Okay. I mean, I mean, really, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible sheds a lot of light on a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so I, I'll use, uh, I'll use a story. Okay. And I'm going to do this at risk of conflict later. <laughs> when we got married, my wife was not a singer. And, uh, had even had people that were in the music field that she was in close connection with in the church that had publicly made fun of her. So she had uh, receded into this cave of not participating. Well, we got married. I play the piano and sing. Well, you know, the typical evangelist is that the preacher's wife plays the organ and sings and the preacher preaches. Well, she didn't do any of that. Well, do I want to go out and preach and sing and play? And my, what's my wife, the wallflower that sits on the third row? Well, I reached out to her and I said, because I, I hear her singing in the car. I know she could sing. Mm-hmm. But she had zero confidence because of wasn't family. It was, it was other people. And I remember there were times that she was crying. I can't do this. But I knew she could. And I know that singing is a learned skill and I pushed her. And so it would have been wrong for me to continue to grow as this recording artist and singer when my wife had this potential and I had to push her until she believed in herself. And now she's pushing me. You need to be at the practice at two (laughs) o'clock, but that's a way that sometimes as a spouse, I see things in her that she doesn't see in herself and she sees things in me that I don't see in myself. Mm. So it's not just about me growing without her. 
I need her to become what she can become so that I can be strengthened and more effective. Love it. Beautiful. And now you guys are going to go sing to hundreds and even thousands online. Here we go. Together. Let's hope it comes together. <laughs> Scratch we, that from the record. <laughs> as we close, we have a couple questions for you. And we are asking these questions to every podcast interviewee. Um, so first, what's a book that you guys have read this year? And you can give two different books since you might read separate content. Um, but a book or a resource, a podcast, something that you would recommend to our listeners that you've read this year. Okay. Just one? Yeah, maybe your favorite? Uh, I am reading. Uh, I, re I, I have a whole bunch of books that I read. I, I'm... One of my weaknesses is I'm a starter and not a finisher. Okay. And so I will get bored halfway through and I'll start another one. So I literally have to force myself to finish. So sometimes the titles uh, run together. I'm reading a book uh, about, and this I don't know if this is about growth, except it would be personal growth maybe. Sure. Uh, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. And I went to Slave Market Museum and purchased some books that were there uh, about two girls in Charleston that were the family of slave-owning slave family who personally began to see change in themselves through faith and became two leading abolitionists. The title has slipped my mind right now. Uh, but it was about their personal growth of faith that affected everything and how they became leading voices uh, from that, which is, those are the kind of books that I like to read that That's challenge neat. me. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll I guess get the title from you growth. and we'll, we'll put yeah. it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How about for you? I can't give you one, so I'm going to go real fast so that you can't tell me no. <laughs> in the last 45 days, discipleship, leading change. Discipleship. Yeah, Atomic we read habits. that together. That's a together we did. book. Okay. Actually, we read that together as a whole family. Nice. Um, nice. And we each took notes, and um, some are better note takers. Some just put it in their brain. And so you'd be surprised he's actually the better note taker on books. Um, him and Haley. Yeah. And so, but we read that as a family so that we could become better leaders. We could all grow together in particular directions we were wanting to go. And then I read it like five times, but I read it again in the last 45 days, Leading Change and then Atomic Habits, which is an old book that I'm rereading because I want to help the people that I'm supposed to be leading to be able to grow in 2020. So I'm okay. getting a couple tools in my backpack. And then just a fun one is A People's History of the United States. Hmm. I found it. Lift Thy Voice by Mark Perry. Okay. And it's about Sarah and Angela Angelina Grimke. All right. Lift thy voice. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So finally, as we close out the podcast, before we do, we want to uh, encourage our listeners. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please just take 60 seconds and leave us a love note or a star rating on iTunes. Uh, if you could share with us why you loved it or even how it's helping you, that would mean a lot. Uh, we read every review and we take it to heart. We're a new podcast, so your reviews do make a big difference in helping us reach more couples. Thanks so much, friends. So on to our Dear Young Married Couple letter. Rewind to the first few years of your marriage. What advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank with a sentence or two or a few. Dear Young Married Couple.
I know the first thing that comes to mind. Dear married couple, relax. Don't try to do everything so quick. Mm. Life is stages and seasons. You're going to get through if you persevere and you do your di- due diligence. Even in your finances, the hardest thing, it seems like most couples, uh, at least for us, and most of the people I counsel, is they're trying to maybe keep up with peers or keep up with family that's at another stage. So here's the stage of life I would tell every couple. You're going to start with survival. Then you're going to move to security. Then you're going to move to success. And then you're going to move to significance. Mm. Don't try to jump to success from survival. Move to security. Don't be afraid to recognize where you are. Because if you if you can develop those stages and understand, okay, we're in survival mode. What's it going to take to move to security? Okay, we're secure. All right, how do we take this to the next level and become successful? But then when you get successful, don't just look and say, we want more success. No, find a way to move to significance. So good. Be kind. Kindness goes a long, long ways. And be patient with the age of the spouse that you marry. Don't expect a 25-year-old to exhibit the experience and maturity of a 55-year-old. Enjoy being 25. Thank and you. don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry, because you're not always right, even at 52, because sometimes you're just wrong. And sometimes you don't even know why you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. I have a dear friend that told me he got married like 30 days before I did. And I said, so what do you have to tell me? He goes, dude, just know they cry on Thursdays. <laughs> In other words, there's going to be some things you just don't know. And then I'll close with this. I'll never forget this. I was at the home of Bobby and Jimmy Shoemake, you know, great heroes of faith. And surprisingly, they were in a little argument, a discussion. It was an argument. And I was kind of like, okay, they're normal human beings. And after it was over, Brother Shoemake looked at me and said, you know, and they I don't know, they were in their late 60s at the time. He said, You know, after all these years, some things you just will always disagree on. Because guess what? You're two different people. Yes. Do we disagree? (laughs) Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. Oh, my word. It was fun. So so many gold nuggets Mm -hmm. there. And uh, we really appreciate your time. And we love both of you. Well, I want to say that I am incredibly proud of the two of you and what you are doing. This is a beautiful ministry that is much needed. And so thank you for investing in the marriages of the future. All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. 
And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right, see you next week. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.